Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, because Bonnie's not here to tell us that we're not doing a cold open. Oh, we're doing a cold open. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) Previously on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, Paula was trapped in a basement while the dinner party upstairs was starting to burn. Um, Yeah, Bonnie Burns, Captain Crinkle, is not with us this episode, we don't really know where she is. I mean, we we knew that she wasn't coming, uh, like, as of, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes ago. But we don't really know where she is. No, no. So, it, uh, um, I, to me, it had sort of a I have to save the city kind of superhero vibe mm-hmm. to it. <laughs> yeah, could could have yeah. been that. Could have been that. <laughs> uh-huh. so like, yeah. I, didn't, I don't, yeah, I mean, you got to admit. Bonnie Burns would be an amazing cover identity for a superhero. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, she really would be. She would rescue people that didn't need rescued. Right. <laughs> there, would be, there would be a lot of her flying through a wall, and yeah. then it turned out everything was fine there, and it right. was some someplace far away she was supposed to be. A warehouse across town, yeah. Yeah, exactly, where the person is eventually done in. Um <laughs> Well, it has to be something either last minute that she just couldn't figure out how to cope with or logistics. Um, but, you know, she would not leave us alone to determine if we were going to do a cold open on our own. I would have liked to have been doing it. Oh, that. I swear by them. You know, just like a grabber. You know, like a you grabber. You grab the audience. You grab the yeah. audience and you reel them in. Yeah. You know who taught me to do a cold open was uh, Captain Quint. From uh, Jaws, you grab them and then you reel them in. You know, I shoot a couple of barrels into the listeners at the very beginning, and then they can't go back under. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, really taking this Jaws thing all the way. To be honest, Jaws has a fantastic cold open. This girl swims out a little too far, and spoiler alert, she gets eaten. Oh yeah, don't eaten. don't wreck it for people. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to Massachusetts soon, and I. Always like to swim out to the buoy um, at Singing Beach in Manchester, Mass. And, you know, you're you're way past being able to touch the bottom at that point. It's as far out as you're allowed to swim. And um, but I have to confess that uh, probably just about the point at which you can't touch the bottom anymore is when I begin to hear the John Williams notes in my head. Right. You know, do you think yeah. that? Watching Jaws 4 with me um, a couple of weeks ago uh, will enhance or alleviate your fears. Oh, no, I think it'll, uh, I think it'll alleviate my fears because... Because uh, <laughs> it's personal in Jaws 4 and you've never personally offended a shark. Exactly. I've never done anything to them, you know? There might be, yeah, there might be the occasional, say, lobster that's after me. Because uh, right. I used to eat lobster, but there's there's no sharks coming after me. Uh, you know what? That movie, the original one, because uh, I didn't want my kids to watch it uh, because I didn't want it to ruin the, the ocean for them. Because I can tell you something, it ruined the pool for me for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would be scared of sharks in the pool. Don't turn around, but is there something going on in the sink behind you? 
Now that's a cold open, Bonnie, wherever See, you are. See, because we, we hook them and then we reel them in. Well, we reel and then them we in. hang them with their little gills flapping. <laughs> Fishing is a horrible sport, by the way. No shade on Rachel Maddow, but honestly, why do you want to bother fish? She's off fishing right now, probably. Probably. Hey, let's uh, let's. want to start that. the show? Let's start the show. That was one oh hell of a gosh. cold open, Paula, and it was a pleasure to serve with you, finally, <laughs> in a cold open. Oh, boy. Yeah, without Bonnie Burns saying, we're not doing a cold open, we're not doing a cold open. In fact, that might be where she is right now at the anti-cold open um, conference <laughs> that's taking place. Mm-hmm. The anti-CO. CO. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, here's our produced open then. Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's no one's here. No, when Bonnie's here, she usually. When Bonnie's here, she usually interrupts a lot, right? Uh, Yeah, she does. She would usually interrupt me just as I'm getting up ahead of steam. Well, we don't know. We don't know where Bonnie is. We don't even know if she's ever going to return to the show. We don't know if she's under the wheel of a truck. So we don't know where she is. <laughs> and I think that if she were with us, if Bonnie Burns was still with us, uh-huh. yeah. she would she would want me to interrupt you. I don't oh, think she ahead. would. Okay. Oh, she would. She would. Right. So go ahead, okay. Adam. Go okay. ahead. <laughs> wow, Bonnie, this is for you then. <laughs> Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California. Good luck, Adam. Good luck. <laughs> Thanks, Paula. Scarpins <laughs> are Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. I might get through this one. Tonight, should you go see the hot new movie Bullet Train? There's only one way to tell. Listen to Paula and me review that other oversized vehicle-based movie, Titanic. Does the third biggest box office hit of all time still hold water? Come aboard, nobodies, and watch me and Paula rearrange some deck chairs. What could possibly go wrong? I'm Adam Felber, the clever jack-of-all-trades deftly whittling away the knots and snarls of irrelevance to craft this mighty vessel we call a podcast. And my God, she's yar. (laughs) And now, please welcome the woman who's not sure if her heart will go on, but has every reason to believe that her mouth will. (laughs) It's Paula Poundstone! Welcome, Paula. Hey, you guys who I haven't spoken to yet until just this moment. <laughs> you know, uh, did I ever tell you a story? Did, okay, wait. Wait a minute. Before yes. I tell you that story, there's something okay. really important I have to tell you. Ben Castle on the harmonica and kazoo, thank you so much. Oh. Ben is the co-host of the comedy podcast Totally Rad, which is a talk show set in 1996. Check them out on iTunes or at redcircle.com slash shows slash totally rad. That's redcircle.com slash shows slash totally rad to see... Our house band, Ben Cassell. Is it Cassell or Cassell? Cassell. 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 Oh, it's Cassell. Fuck. Okay. Ben, Ben. Oh, oh, damn it. Then I stormed the Cassell. <laughs> oh, you shouldn't have done that, Paula. God damn. Damn it, I do everything phonetically wrong. (laughs) What's new, Paula Poundstone? You know, I think I have figured out why the Secret Service didn't want to turn over the texts. Why? If you you crack the case, let us know. I know why they didn't want to turn them over, because they were using emojis. And emojis are so embarrassing to the user that, you know, your Secret Service with a bunch of goofy, silly, happy faces and... Eggplants and all that. Uh, it's not right. So they were embarrassed. And, you know, at first when I heard that they weren't going to turn over the text from January 5th and January 6th, I was very suspicious because I felt like, well, clearly something bad was going on because, you know, right? Clearly they were a part of the insurrection. And I really had a very negative view. And then when I realized it was about the emojis, I am totally in support 
of the Secret Service because they're right to be ashamed. They have to maintain emojis. some dignity, yeah. I guess the first yeah. clue was when they were asked for those texts the first time and, and, and the official reply was just LOL. <laughs> yes, exactly. That was, a, that was a giveaway. Liz Cheney announced it. They've started cooperating. They've started cooperating. <laughs> the cooperation has begun. Um, for It's a little bit like in... You know, Beauty and the Beast. We could really use Angela Lansbury to sing that song, you know, a little da, a little da, a little da. Like how they're slowly coming around and, you know, a little touch, a little handhold, a little, yeah. Right. That's, that is so beautiful. I just wish Bonnie Burns were here to hear. Yeah, that's right. You know, we should point out, Bonnie Burns is not here today. Yeah, Bonnie Burns is not here and we don't really know... We knew about 30 minutes ago that she wasn't going to be with us. Um, and uh, it may be that she was kidnapped and that we are going to receive a ransom note. Yes. Yeah. And, the, um, the only question is how much are the kidnappers willing to pay us to get rid of her? <laughs> yeah. I, I used to feel I used to feel like I, I dare someone to kidnap my son. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> He would be back on my doorstep so bloody fast, <laughs> yeah. uh, probably with a little cash in his pockets, more than likely. Well, I feel um, like Bonnie would be that way, too. The kidnappers would be like, all right, where do you keep your valuables? And she'd be like, yeah, OK, this is an interesting story. <laughs> See, <laughs> anything else new with you, Paula Poundstone, besides worrying about that Bonnie Burns? Uh, no, I don't. This is terrible. But all I do is work and, you know, get ready to work again and. And work some more. Is that bad? I don't know. Is that bad? No, I mean, you're going to Massachusetts soon. That's not entirely work. That's true. You know, I generally try to swing vegan when I can, but I have to confess that I do go for ice cream at Captain Dusty's every summer. Where's um, Captain Dusty's? In Manchester, Mass. Manchester uh, by the sea? Yeah, I don't call it that. That's like uh, saying that you live in Dubuque near the fields. I don't yeah. think it's anything like that, but, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I'm going on a trip too. I'm heading up North. What's up North? Northern California? Uh, my, my friend and I are driving up to the Redwoods. Oh, that sounds nice. Look for Bonnie Burns up there. Cause we don't really oh. know where she is. Oh, oh my Paula, God. Paula, come on. She could, she could be like living like a little gnome in the base of a Redwood, like a little, she could be making cookies up there. Oh my God. Oh. That's so cute. Like a key, like a Keebler elf. That's an elf, yeah. not a gnome. Oh, you're yeah. you're confusing the traditional trades of little people. Oh, my mistake. Remember Bonnie's when she made the homemade butterfingers? I can't imagine how badly she's fucking up those cookies right now. Oh my god! Stay away from Keebler, everybody. <laughs> Maybe going a little. On a little fruit diet for a few weeks until Bonnie's back again, and we know for sure her cookies aren't in the uh, supply chain. Well, yeah, you, you'll be like, what's wrong with these fudge stripes? And, and Bonnie will say, okay, well, I didn't have any fudge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, as long as we're uh, worrying about Bonnie, let's worry together as a group. Tony Anita Hull, how yes. you doing? Where do you think Bonnie is? And what's new with you? Uh, maybe she just couldn't part with her tomato plants and she's out misting them. Maybe she just wanted to spend a little extra time. She wasn't supposed to mist them, which is exactly why she's out there misting yeah. them. And gnomes, there are garden gnomes. So garden, gnome. <laughs> oh! <laughs> maybe. That's a very good point. Yeah, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. That's, uh, that's fantastic. Oh my gosh! She maybe found Thomas Coyne. Maybe. Oh. oh I will a... look for both of them up amongst the Redwoods. Thank you, Adam. I didn't think you were joining the manhunt. For Thomas Coyne? Yeah. Well, you know, after two and a half to three years of this manhunt, I, I feel like enough places have been eliminated <laughs> that yeah, this is just a layup <laughs> at this point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's probably there. Let's face yeah. it, he's probably <laughs> at the Redwoods. We've looked everywhere else. <laughs> right. That's probably what Bonnie's doing is she's bringing him in. <laughs> bringing the man in and combining yeah. the superhero with the gnome with our survivalist. It's all coming yeah. together. Tony, is there anything new with you other than your endless search for Bonnie? 
I've been watching one of my favorite summer shows. Oh, no. F Boy Island on HBO Max. <laughs> what is it called? It's called F Boy Island. So it's where three women are looking for love and they bring on half men who are nice guys and the other half of the men are F boys and they have to try to decide who's an F boy and who's a nice guy because they've been attracted to F boys in the past. Tony, and I mean no disrespect. <laughs> You watch the worst shit of anyone I've ever known in my life. And I think the person who held that position before was Bonnie Burns. And you have overtaken her. Oh, my God. That sounds like a stupid show. And yet, I'm I'm pleased to hear that you're watching it because it keeps you away from that gross TikTok shit you were talking about before. For those of our listeners oh. who are just tuning in, uh, Tony revealed that she really p- likes to pass time watching blackhead removal videos I on do. TikTok. They're not as gross as like whitehead removals. It doesn't matter. It's all <laughs> awful. Oh my God. But check out, I oh think F-Boy Island is an interesting social experiment because at some point they reveal if they're F-Boys or it's not. not. And then, but the women then still go after them thinking that they can change them just like going back into their old patterns. It's fascinating. It's like a social experiment. No, it's not a social experiment. <laughs> no. No. No, it's awful. And, and, and do you really think that the world of men is divided into F-boys and nice guys? Like, like like guys hit the age of 18 and they're asked to decide. Is that is that the way you see it? Yeah. Everybody wants to be an F-boy. Please raise their hand. Pick me. Pick me. If you choose an F-boy at the end, they get $100,000 and they can either split it evenly with you or if they're an F-boy, they might take it all. And that happened last season. Some guy was like, sorry I led you on, but I wanted the money. <laughs> yeah, well, she deserved that. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the stupidest she, thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. She knew he was an F-boy, life. but she thought he had changed. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear any of this. Anyway, I don't do, I don't <laughs> justify my choices to you people. Move on. Oh, no. my heavens. Wow. Let me ask you, what television show taught you that? <laughs> oh, that reality t- show, um, Tony Anita Hull Comes of Age, uh, yeah. should be. Oh, my. I can't believe you just said that. Yeah. Yeah. That was, like, that was a power, powerful moment in this week's episode. Yeah. The director is like, Tony, say that to Paula again, but give her the finger while you do it. <laughs> believe people think that reality shows are not um i think they're produced i mean i watch the bachelorette too tony do you work at all i've always been told you know tony has more than one job and she's so stressed out because she's working so hard i'm always hearing that story and then every time i talk to you you have another dumb shit show that you watch i i don't think you know what work is i are you doing something like are you weaving while you're watching are you doing i understand so usually during commercials, I'm scrolling TikTok to watch Blackhead Removal. <laughs> oh, my God. I wish that weren't true. Oh, my gosh. I need to reevaluate my life. I apologize for my yeah. outburst. Wow. <laughs> That's a 180. Oh, my God. I'm proving people can change. Moving on. I just wish Body Birds were here to hear about that. The people could change. Maybe she's changing somewhere. Maybe that's what's happening. She's off changing. You've known her 27 years. I've known her three. She's not changing. No, not a bit. Not even, not not one bit. (laughs) More likely she's a superhero. Hey, Julie Bercobian over there. What's new with you? I'm watching White Lotus for the first time. Oh, so good. What is it? And why do you all know about it? And does no one work? White Lotus is, I think, an, it's another HBO series. It is about uh, all these rich people at a resort in Hawaii. I just worry about all of you. <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel like there's a lot that's not getting done in your lives. Yeah, and you know what? You know what? I had to take a break from all that TV watching so that, because I had to watch a movie with you, Paula. Yeah. Speaking of high cultured viewing. Yeah, and we're going to get to that in just a minute. Coming up, Stephen King said, I watched Titanic when I got back home from the hospital and I cried. I knew that my IQ had been damaged. 
Well, Aww. we watched it too, Stephen, and our brains is not damage. Our brain good. <laughs> our review is next on Nobody Listens to Fall of Poundstone. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh my Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula, you know, every once in a while we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of a midsummer night's dream okay and i played i played peter quince there there's the connection one of the mechanicals that's a great connection also yes has nothing to do with this which is that um quince is an online clothing store and as you know paula i've uh, i've lost a little weight lately oh right 75 pounds yeah so i literally have no clothes that are in my size until i just ordered some stuff at quince and i figured like here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself a whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. 
and I got oh. the um oh it's so and I got the hundred percent European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like you know thirty dollars a piece or starting at thirty dollars at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger. Ooh. And you know, I put them on when I came back from New York. I pulled them on and I I swear to you, okay, this is not scientific because I was tired already. Right. But they were so soft (laughs) and and so comfortable that honestly, like right as I got them up to my waist, I I think my eyes closed. They're so, it's a softness. It's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they're European. Keep that in mind. They're oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. You can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. When sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't (laughs) think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. On this day in unremarkable history, Chuck Yeager said, No, sir, officer. I had no idea how fast I was going. And thank you, house band Ben Castle. Yay! Yay! Wow. So, Paulo, did you catch up on your reality TV viewing while we were away? Oh, my gosh. I, no. And I'll tell you, uh, what? okay, what if it turns out that one of the things in the Secret Service's text, not just emojis, but they were also talking about watching reality shows, in which case, again, I come to their defense. That is shameful. And so I understand. <laughs> and if that means defying the January 6th committee or perhaps going to jail, so be it. That You don't want to confess that you watch uh, reality shows. Oh, Wait. All of you just did. Oh, <laughs> wait, not all of us. Mine's not a reality show. Oh, okay. Then I take it. Then I take it back. What was I thinking? It's the Secret Service and Tony that were watching F Boy Island. Now, let me ask you guys if I was an F Boy, how would I know? F Boys are kind of players, you know, and they are, you know, hockey and just think they can get what mm-hmm. they want. Oh, Adam, answer the phone. What? <laughs> Adam, answer the phone. I wonder who this is. Hello? Hey, man, it's me, Mike Kuhlman-Bartha. <laughs> man, I could be, if you want to be an F-boy, I could probably, co- I could probably coach you on that, you know, uh, because, uh, I, you know, I'm just going to say it. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an F-boy, you know. I, I'm a player. Mike, uh, you know, I, I, I know that you're an influencer, but as far as I know, yeah. you, your dating history doesn't even exist. Oh, no. What, are you kidding me? I got, uh, I, I'm married, and also I hit on Tony. Wait, and, Wait. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, and uh, Julie's got eyes for me, and uh, that's not <laughs> unusual at all. I'm used to, you know, I'm used to dealing with shit like that, you know. And I'll tell you what. I'll tell you, you know what's keeping you from being a good F-boy? Is that you work with that bitch Paula Poundstone. Hey, I don't know how hey, the hey, fuck hey, you hey, say Mike. that, man. She is awful. She's an idiot. Mike, 
I will not have you talking that way about my beloved partner, Paula Poundstone. I'll tell you something. You know who I'm missing right now? It's, it's, where's Party Birds? Where's my, where's Captain Creek? I hope, I hope she's okay. Mike, are I you okay? I hope nothing's, yeah, I'm not crying, you're crying. I think, she, I think she's probably all right. Do you yeah, think she's all right? she's all right. Yeah. 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 Hey, listen, I can, te- I can teach you how to be an F boy. You know, how about after the game, you know, when we're hanging out, I'll, I'll give you some tips. If that ever happens, that would be great. All right, you got to go. I'll talk to you later, man. Yeah, I got to go. I really do got to go, Mike. Thank you. Wow, he really, you know, that guy just loves you. Let's get to our review of Titanic. Are you ready for this, Paula? There's a new movie called um, Bullet Train coming out, and a lot of you are wondering, should I go see Bullet Train? I believe it's a Brad Pitt action thriller. Am I right? Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Not Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Oh, oh she... That's why I shouldn't have spent so much money hiring Brad Pick to do a movie. <laughs> Wasted. Yeah. Um, so in any case, to find out if you should see Brad Pitt in Bullet Train, Paula and I went ahead and watched 1997's gigantic hit movie, third highest grossing of all time, Tony Anita Hall is clapping, Titanic. Whoa. Wow. And uh, as is traditional with this show, can I uh, give a quick summary of the Please. movie, Paula? Yeah. And this really, people pay attention because... This, very much like the Brad Pitt movie, is about a large uh, transportation uh, vessel. And, yes. uh, and it, so this should absolutely tell you if you should see the Brad Pitt oh, for sure. movie, Bullet Train. For sure, for sure. All right, so first we get our framing story. Some old lady is going to help a dive expedition find a diamond on a sunken ship. Because it turns out she was there aboard their salvage vessel. The old lady tells them her watery tale. Dateline 1912, and everybody who's anybody is climbing aboard for the maiden voyage of the Titanic, the mightiest (laughs) new ship on the seven seas. On board, there's plenty to do, but everyone's obsessed with the newest craze, saying shit that will seem hilariously stupid to future audiences. There's a lot of talk about how completely unsinkable their ship is, of course, wink, wink, but the overachievers go for statements like, Picasso, huh? He'll never amount to anything. (laughs) The ship launches. The camera soars majestically above the computer-generated vessel, and if you squint hard enough, the people on board don't look like rejects from the Lego movie. Onto this scene bursts our two leads. Jack is a handsome, low-class rogue who's got it all figured out, and he's won a ticket on the boat with his best friend, who is apparently Chico Marx. And then there's Rose, a high-class lady engaged to a high-class douchebag. In no time, Jack stops Rose from killing herself, goes to dinner with her, sketches her naked while focusing on her face to prove that he's not just an F-boy trying to have sex with her, and then he has sex with her. Soon, they're steaming up the interior of a park jalopy and running to escape the minions of her jilted fiancé. Can their love survive? Can Rose break free from the bonds of her appointed place in society? Well... We'll never know, because just around then, the Titanic hits an iceberg. Oopsie. We soon learn it's going down, and for the next hour and 37 minutes, yes, I timed it, we watch the ship slowly sink as good people do heroic things, bad people do cowardly things, and unimportant people die gruesome, watery deaths. Jack's buddy Chico dies. The unsinkable Molly Brown lives, and eventually Jack, too, is claimed by the briny depths, inspiring a thousand love songs and also inspiring James Cameron to say, hmm, I really like seeing people turn blue. I think I'll spend the rest of my career doing that. (laughs) Years later, we rejoin old Rose on the vessel where everyone who gives a shit about her are still hunting for the incredibly valuable diamond that she was last seen with. She shows her gratitude by sneaking away and dropping it in the ocean, the end. Excellent, excellent. That's exactly what I saw. I am shocked, shocked, I tell you, to see Julie and and Tony responding favorably to this. I can't believe it was the third highest grossing movie. Okay, by brilliant design, the movie Titanic is three hours, so that if you watched it with your feet in a bucket of ice water, you could feel like you too were waiting to be rescued. Uh Uh-huh. It is so awful. I mean, I never saw it in the... I, I just saw it for my first time a couple nights ago. Really? Uh, yeah. 
I never saw the theaters. I it, saw it, it um, three times in the theater. Oh, I think I did my too. Gosh. Okay, but you guys were like 15 when that happened, right? <laughs> oh, well, that explains part of it. It went down. It went down. I was 14. It went. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. That's why. I want to thank you both for um, being here with us today, which is already probably past your bedtime, and it's 3 o'clock. Um, okay, the movie spent maybe 40 minutes, I think, Pushing the rich people are surface, right? And the poor people are deep trope. A lot of that. And then the scene where Leonardo DiCaprio, Jack Dawson, is invited to dine with the rich people. And he has to try to fit in. And a, a fancy rich character who's played by an actor who was on a soap opera forever uh, approaches him and says, are you of the Boston Dawson's? And I so wanted him to say, no, but aren't you from One Life to Live? Uh, because, <laughs> by the way, uh, Dr. Bombay from Bewitched was also a- at the rich people dinner. The whole rich part of the ship should have just been filled with 1970s television characters. You know, like Gomer Pyle at one table, Sister Betrill, Courtship of Eddie's father, Mannix, Link, Julie Pete, Marcus Welby, the, the Waltons. <laughs> they should have all been there. But they were uh, playing the cream of the crop of uh, 1912 society, the Vanderbilts and the Roosevelt's and the something Bilts and the, and yeah, the Astros. The and the, you know, those guys. Yeah, yeah the, the, all the, the Bilts. So when Jack Dawson, Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio, gets invited to the rich people dinner, Kathy Bates, who plays Molly Brown, and Kathy Bates was terrific, but the Molly Brown character is, is used in the story in the oddest way. So... Uh, Molly Brown happens to overhear that the poor Jack Dawson is invited to the fancy people's dinner and knowing that he doesn't have a tuxedo, she doesn't even know him, but she (laughs) brings him to her room and gives him a tuxedo and he tries it on and it fits nicely, of course. And she says, I thought you were my son's size. That's how they explain it. That was it. No other explanation. That's it. Well, well, Paula, I mean, one of the things that's really true about this movie is that it does do that sort of like Star Wars-y thing where there's good people and there's bad people and nobody's going to change. And uh, Molly Brown's one of the good ones. She sees sees the good in Leonardo DiCaprio, takes her to her cabin, undresses him, and then puts him in a tuxedo (laughs) because he's no F-boy. I travel (laughs) a lot, and, and it has never once occurred to me Uh, to bring my son's clothing with me. Uh, She must be right, though, because there was a guy, Jack, who she didn't even know, who needed a tuxedo. So you know what? Bad on me. Selfish me. I've been packing my own clothes all these years. Molly Brown's suitcase must have been like Mary Poppins' carpet bag. It it must just (laughs) magically have every relative's clothes in it. She must be like, here are my Uncle Ludwig's long johns. Let me reach down a little further. Here's Aunt Agnes's negligee. Oh, here's my niece's onesie. Uh, Oh, here's a maid's outfit in case we bump into Danny Thomas. Uh, It just... It, it was just such an odd, you know, and this is a huge, this movie cost shitloads of money to make, right? This this movie was like a blockbuster before it even came out. And that's what they came up with for, I guess, it, you know, I mean, he looked very handsome in the tuxedo. And so maybe no one cared or maybe there were a ton of 13-year-old girls and 14-year-old girls in the movies Maybe not that many people in the population saw it. Maybe just the 13 and 14-year-old girls went repeatedly, bought multiple tickets. We know that uh, Tony and Julie both did. By, by 1997, James Cameron was, a, you know, a hit machine, and nobody could tell him what to do and what not to do. He wrote that script, and I'm here to say he wrote it really badly, although apparently effectively for 14-year-old girls. Yeah. Yeah, I'll bet you he can write a, a, a greeting card for, you know, you're turning 13. That's very popular. Um, the, uh, and by the way, speaking of, okay, speaking of writing, the dialogue between the lovers, I was so, uh, it could have been written by Bella from Twilight. That's how bad it was. Yeah. I haven't been in a lot of relationships before. Are couples forbidden to have intelligent conversation? Is that just something that I haven't understood? 
Because I think you you have to earn your your intelligent conversation card at the age of twenty two, and neither of them were that old. Oh, okay, that could be. And, and then the iconic. This is the other thing I never understand a movie. Okay, the iconic scene of them at the bow of the boat, standing up to the wind, and Jack says. <laughs> He says to her, he's trying to get her to stand up on the bow and he's going to hold her from behind. And he says, don't think, just go with it, which uh, apparently was the foundational theme for the entire project. <laughs> if they really thought about it, the, the kiss that the couple has while Kate Winslet, she plays Rose. So while she's standing up on the bow facing the ocean, and Jack is behind her, holding her, facing the ocean. Rose turns her head to kiss him. And it's like a very famous show. If, if, if this, oh, how she didn't shriek in pain from her neck. Oh, my, I'll bet you Paramount is still paying for her physical therapy. That Yeah, it's quite possible. Yeah, that a fucking owl couldn't turn its head that far. <laughs> And then there's a point at which she says to him something about, I don't trust it, which is why I trust it. It just, oh, my God. Uh, So (laughs) what's the name of the man who made the movie? James James Cameron. Cameron. And by the way, the big last, like, the thing, the the, the very end of the movie, right, the lady has the, the older lady who was the younger Rose, right, she has this necklace that they've all been looking for. It's called the Heart of the Ocean, and it's <laughs> covered in diamonds, and it's very, very valuable. And she drops it over the edge of the boat into the water. So her, you know, the final sort of climactic act is that she litters. Uh, you know, one more fucking thing dropped in the ocean that doesn't belong there. Plus, we learn early on that her granddaughter is taking care of her. That house that they started out in doesn't look like a mansion. So thanks for taking care of me. I'm just going to drop a million dollars in the water. Now you can go change my diaper. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Honestly. I hadn't thought of that. Uh, But that's a very, yeah, that's a very good, that's a very good point. Uh, um, I just, I just saw it as littering. I mean, it just bothered me. I don't care about the value of the necklace. It's just like, what? just, you know, she should have just taken out her shampoo bottle and thrown that in. And how about the iconic sketching scene? Did that do anything for you? Because Julie and Tony must've thought that was like the sexiest thing that ever happened on the face of the fucking planet. (laughs) Draw me like one of your French girls, Jack. Oh God. Yeah. More great dialogue. Draw me like a, a French girl. So he did her with fries coming out of her mouth. No. Um, and I don't think that's, that was... that's how she meant it. Did you guys find the striped shirt? He put a striped shirt. Um, did, did, a baguette. Uh, t- Tony and <laughs> Marie, the baguette. Did you, was that, did you consider that like a really sexy scene? Well, yeah. I. <laughs> oh, my God. They're both 13 again. When I found out that it's James Cameron's hands drawing her and not Leonardo DiCaprio, I no longer found that scene sexy. Yeah. Oh. It, cre- oh. it creeped me out. <laughs> How about you, Tony? Um, I didn't know that fact. So, like, I guess maybe now I'll see it differently. I haven't seen the film in years, but I remember feeling very titillated. Oh, my gosh. And I'll bet you finding out that James Cameron was the drawing hands has just ruined your boner. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) If they ever do another remake of the Titanic story, and I'm sure they will, I hope that Captain Crinkle herself is the ship's captain because the the ship will sink just out of the harbor because she'll think she's multitasking and and, and she'll fuck it up somehow and then fewer people will die. So I think that would be good. (laughs) Scientists determined years ago that there's no such thing as multitasking, that basically when you're doing two things at once, your your brain kind of goes on a brownout and and what happens is you don't do either thing very well, very attentively. Okay, yeah. I mean, which logic would suggest. Um, but when you tell that to Bonnie, she goes, oh, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's because she wasn't really listening to you while you said yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Brown what? Brown what? Yeah. <laughs> it went down. It went down. I, I, I can't talk about this movie without mentioning the groundbreaking, award-winning visuals that 
<laughs> just don't look good anymore. I mean, it, you are watching a computer-generated boat on a computer-generated ocean, and as you fly over the boat, you see these little figures walking on, on the ship that are, you know, just overly smooth, obvious video game characters. I didn't notice that at all. I did think that there was room on the piece of floating wood that she could, that mm -hmm. Rose could have pulled Jack up onto the board with her. Yeah, she didn't have the energy, but once she dumps him in the water, she has the energy to swim across the way, grab a whistle, yep. and blow it. Yeah, then she was feeling good. As soon as she got on the lifeboat, she um, started doing like a disco dance thing. Um, I, I don't, you know, the story makes it seem like all the people who, the rich people around her were the flawed people. But then when you see uh, in the end how she used Jack and then just tossed him to the sharks, you realize that she, <laughs> she was kind of the F boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we move on, Paula, do you have anything good to say about the movie? I agree that Kathy Bates was good. I think Leonardo DiCaprio was pretty good. I can't say anything that nice about Kate Winslet, and I, which is weird because I'm kind of a fan, but watching it again. Yeah, I, I don't think that it was Leonardo DiCaprio's fault that it was a piece of shit, god-awful movie. <laughs> um, it really is bad. <laughs> it, it, no, it's it is painfully bad. And as I said, I thought Kathy Bates was great, but I thought they misused the Molly Brown character horribly. Um, you know, she's still she's probably still now on the the lifeboat pulling out different <laughs> pairs of clothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, history never had an explanation for why when that one lifeboat um, pulled up to the rescue ship, um, all the people on it were <laughs> were dressed in the same outfit. Um, but it was because of Kathy, <laughs> Kathy Bates's Molly Brown's uh, carpet bag. <laughs> all right, I think that kind of covers it. Um, I want to give Julie or Tony and or Tony kind of the last word. I, Tony, you said you haven't seen it in years. Julie, have you seen it more recently? I, did, I, I had my daughter watch it she did not care for it wasn't as into it as I was at her age and how were you watching it again with your daughter there's like a nostalgic thing I like I still enjoy it I I can see where it's not the best but <laughs> I, still, I still like it <laughs> amazing well I, I know when you when you relate to something because you saw it when you were a kid and it's sort of like a a big comforter I get that idea. Yeah. <laughs> Did you think to yourself at all, Julie, was this an approach that you took, you know, when you talked to yourself about it? Did you ever say, shit, I had bad taste back then? Was that ever a thing that went through your head? <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> it is I mean, fair. It's terrible. It is a bad movie. I, I was really obsessed with the Titanic, so I was there more for the story of the ship well you know that's that's fair we haven't even touched on that because there are people who are really obsessed with all the details of how the great ship went down and you know james cameron does an amazing job of filming sets that tilt and then get filled with water <laughs> i know i'm not describing it in, yeah. as, in as exciting a way as it is presented i'll bet you when you were a kid and your mother would tell you to do the dishes she had to keep coming in and and asking you to hurry it up because you were like taking glasses and and <laughs> filling the pipeway with water and then I'll bet you it was that kind of obsession. Like <laughs> Tony, were you a uh, Titanic enthusiast as well? No. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> I mean, I was. I'm an enthusiast about a lot of things, but the Titanic was not one of them. I did not become obsessed with it. Um, but I just always my mom took me the first time. And she is not a crier, and I was, like, sobbing at everything. And then um, the only part she, she couldn't get over was the necklace going into the ocean. Like, she could not. She's like, why the fuck would she do that? Were her words. Like, yeah. Yeah, there That's was so a much sensible lady, your mom. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's littering. It's selfish. Yeah, it's really yeah. selfish. Um, if a lot of the passengers had had bad skin... And you saw them, uh, <laughs> oh uh, you, you know, tampering 
with their skin in the mirror, you would have loved that movie, Tony. Yeah. You'd still be watching it on a loop every day. <laughs> Kathy Bates takes a break like, excuse me, Jack, I have these blackheads. <laughs> it went down. It went down. It would be so satisfying uh, to watch. Uh, Speaking about satisfying to watch, when we come back, Paul and I are going to tell you, based on this review, whether Bullet Train will be a satisfying watch. Uh, <laughs> will your heart go on? Maybe. Should it? We'll find out. We render our verdict when we come back. The Cat of the Week is Artemis from New Haven, Connecticut. so happy to be back out on the road. I am vaccinated and fully boosted. I wear a mask until just before I hit the stage and I put it back on just after. And I want my audience to be masked and vaxxed. Do you know why? Because I never want to lose the opportunity to perform in front of a live audience again. It has been so much fun. I got no supply chain problems. I'm backed up with jokes. I'm the crazy Eddie of jokes. I got way too many. I'm practically giving them away. My flight was delayed the other day because I kept stepping behind the first class curtain saying, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Paula Poundstone and stepping through to tell jokes to the rest of the people in coach. Even when they duct taped me to the seat, I said, duct tape? Why would a duck have tape? Why not sloth staples? Well, I guess sloths would staple too slow and the staple wouldn't hold. Besides, sloths lose office work. You gotta come see me in a theater, just so I can get my dignity back. Learning to talk to Trump. Talking to the former president can be difficult, but by practicing these suggested phrases in front of a mirror for just a few minutes a day, you'll be saying what you need to say to him with confidence in no time. Get a pen and a paper and write them down. Today's phrase is, we don't put papers in the toilet. Now you take those out. Fun fact, the Chupa Chups lollipop logo was designed by Salvador Dali. It was for their original flavor, Melting Eyeball. <laughs> Thank you, house band Ben Castle, and we are back. And when I say we, I don't mean all of us, because Tony Anita Hull um, has decided <laughs> to start her summer vacation a little early. Tony apparently has left to go search for Bonnie Burns. That's the last thing this she said. Like, I'm going to go find Bonnie. This is like a scary movie. How one at a time. <laughs> this is monkeys on the bed. Um, Paula, but we have a job to do here. We've got to let people know whether they should see Bullet Train. And the only way to let people know is to render our verdict on James Cameron's masterpiece, Titanic. All right. I don't think anybody should ever watch any movies about transportation again. That's how bad. I don't care if it's a bicycle. I don't care if it's Herbie the Love Bug. I, I, don't, I don't care if it's roller skate. No transportation films. An airplane, a car, a, a train. Uh, 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 wow. Never. Gosh, this was a bad movie. So I, <laughs> I am saying no to Bullet Train. A hard no to bullet train. And if that makes Brad Pitt angry, well, he can just come tell me so. <laughs> well, I have a slightly different point of view, but based on the same <laughs> sort of review, because I didn't get anything out of Titanic except one fantastic joke about James Cameron and blue people. And beyond that, uh, <laughs> here's what I think. You can't have a big budget transportation-based movie worse than Titanic. And so, therefore, maybe Bullet Train is worth a try. Maybe Bullet Train can teach us all to love transportation-based movies like Speed all over again. No, you are walking people right off a cliff. You are just asking people to risk their lives. 
Oh, all right. So one thumbs up, one thumbs down on Bullet Train. Two emphatic thumbs down. And it's only because we're out of thumbs at this point for Titanic. And then there, there we are. Hey, Paula, um, what's going on in your Poundstone product empire? Well, Adam, you know how I've hired Cynthia Cryer Public Relations to promote my shows and products from Poundstone Industries, also known as Lipstick Nancy Incorporated? Well, Cynthia booked me at some state fairs. Uh, she said it was to introduce me to a broader audience, but not just as a stand-up comic, more as like a, a personality. So I spent this weekend in a glass-doored walk-in refrigerator butter sculpting at the Michigan State Fair. There were two other butter sculptors, uh, and they were amazing. One made a whole nativity out of butter with, with baby Jesus. The detail was exquisite. Joseph looked greasy and suspicious. The, the other butter sculptor depicted a pile of football players, and you could see that the guy on the bottom had a concussion. You could absolutely tell he didn't know who the president of the United States was anymore. I, on the other hand, made a butter blob because <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know how to sculpt. I, I slipped and fell down I don't know how many times. There are some very unflattering photos of me on the Internet now. Do you see how swollen my elbow is? Yeah. The, the urgent care near me says it's not broken, but they have a long history of misdiagnosing me. It's absolutely killing me. My face is so broken out from all the grease of the butt. The only good news is that I can make a TikTok that Tony will watch for hours on replay. <laughs> I can't believe that this fiasco made a fan out of anybody who saw it. And just between you and me, I ate a lot of butter. <laughs> and I'm beginning to wonder if Cynthia Cryer is really the publicist for me. And as you know, I've had a lot of faith in her up till now. But, I mean, I'm still using a lot of her techniques, you know. Like when I say, on Thursday, September 22nd, I'll be in Ridgefield, Connecticut at the Ridgefield Playhouse. I give the listener the call to action twice, buy tickets, buy tickets. And, of course, I have a catchy, fun slogan, make ha-ha your habit. And I tell them that they can get tickets by going to paulapoundstone.com. And I will be there at the Ridgefield Playhouse in Ridgefield, Connecticut on Thursday, September 22nd. But after eating all of that butter, I'm not sure I can fit into any of my suits anymore. Ooh. Yeah. I'm still telling people that on Saturday, September 24th, I'll be in Concord, New Hampshire at the Capitol Center for the Arts. Buy tickets, buy tickets. Make aha your habit. Go to paulapoundstone.com for tickets. But honestly, I am kind of losing faith that it's really working. I mean, the butter sculpting audience was on the other side of the refrigerator glass, but I could see them mouthing the words, who is that? I I'm just not sure this publicist, as it turns out, is the right fit. I'll tell you what I know isn't the right fit. It's these pants I'm wearing right now. God, I gained weight from that butter. <laughs> it hasn't stopped me from telling people that on Saturday, October 1st, I'll be in Portsmouth, New Hampshire at the Music Hall. Buy tickets, buy tickets. Make ha-ha your habit. Go to paulapoundstone.com for tickets. But my heart's really not in it anymore. And I'll tell you what my heart is in. A big vat of butter. My cholesterol <laughs> is through the roof. Listeners can also go to paulapoundstone.com to find the new Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone hooded sweatshirt that comes with a copy of Simple Sample Dialogue to help you through that awkward conversation where you explain to your friends and loved ones that you are a Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone listener. You know what else you can find at paulapoundstone.com? My social justice rap song, Not My Butterfinger, that went so high up the charts that it went off. There's more, of course, but Heidi. And uh, you know what? If you're going to be traveling to see Paula Poundstone, well, l let me just say, butter or not, I recommend that you do. Cynthia Cryer, be damned. I say go to see Paula's show in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, or in Concord, New Hampshire. Now, once again, this is a completely... Uh, altruistic recommend from me because I do not profit from Paula Poundstone's wonderful stand-up shows. I just think she's worth seeing. And while that you're driving... That is so beautiful. Thank That's you. That's so beautiful, Adam. <laughs> Thank you so much. While wish, you're driving there... I wish Bonnie I, Burns was here to hear that. I wish so, too. <laughs> hey, and while you're driving, speaking of Bonnie Burns, why don't you fire up uh, the latest episode of Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone? Because you know what? We work hard on this podcast and we love having you nobodies around. And if there's still another hour or so, well, 
If there hey, was listen, time to listen to go. another podcast, we gotta go. Thank uh, you, thank you so much for listening. Oh, oh. we don't have a, <laughs> we don't have another minute for that's uh, you know, really un- Adam unfortunate. Heidi. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I know that that is unfortunate because I was just gonna tell them what to do with that extra hour that they might have as they drive to Apollo Poundstone show. All right, remember to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your other fantastic music-based podcasts. It's free. If there's a subject or topic you'd like to know more about, like other podcasts that might feature some of us, let us know. We're at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com, and that is our show in our dwindling party. Thank you to our house band, Ben Castle. Yay! Yay! Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam the Felber. Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, remember her, Ken Lezebnik, remember him, and Julie Berkobian, who needs to leave. Edited by Vic Lowry. Starburns production by Land Romo, haven't seen him for a while. Transcription services for the show provided by TranscribeMe. And a premier internationally used transcription service use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Wow. Um, sure is lonely in here. Wow. It's gonna... Hey, listen, I gotta go. <laughs> what? All right, everybody. Um, just me now. Uh... Hey, as long as it's just me here in Dakota, as Bonnie Burns, God rest her soul, used to call it. Um, remember to listen to Dad Band Land, my other Hey, we podcast. don't have time for that. Ah, we don't have time for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just hid around the corner because I knew you were going to pull that shit. No, there's no time for that. I wonder what Bonnie would say if she was here. Oh, yeah. She'd say, okay, let's get started. (laughs) (laughs) Starbands Audio, a a podcast network.